You're listening to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast, recorded on Sundays in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our goal is to help you grow from root to fruit. Thanks for tuning in. We're so glad you're here. All right, so I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Colossians uh, chapter 2. And I apologize, I don't know what page number that is. I gotta, I'll see if I can get there before you. Um, anybody wants to get there, you can yell it out. Uh, here we go, Colossians chapter 2, 903. Be 903 in the Bibles that look like this that are in your seats. If you don't have a Bible, you can take it. We love buying more Bibles, so it's our gift to you. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like one, you can take these Bibles. They're for you. Um, there's no stealing in church. You can just have it. Uh, <laughs> um, you can try and steal it, but it won't count because we want to give it away. Um, so last week we introduced our uh, our season for the year. Every year at Life Tree, because we're a tree, uh, it's in our name. We we come up with a season for the year and it's sort of a theme. What what is what is God doing now? You know, in our church. And so our theme, as Joe pointed out, was Jesus at the center. Uh, that's what you see there. Just this. Uh, it was an initiative. Really, our goal is to invite Jesus to be the center of our lives this year. Perhaps for you, it would be the first time, you know, you've never actually had that personal relationship with Jesus. So what does it mean to have Jesus at the center? Maybe you've been, you know, with Jesus a long time and it's a recalibration. You know, there's just times where we drift and things get off center and say, I want to put Jesus back where he belongs in my life. And uh, so that's that's our effort today. And uh, so today's the second week of that. And I'm just glad glad you made it today. Uh, I mean, if you had been listening to the to the reports, um. I'm telling you, how many of you heard like snow and like crippling ice and deep freezes and it was going to be this mess? I mean, I was calling the church being like, hey, is the parking lot going to be cleared? You know, is it going to be prepared? And I'm just, you know, as a pastor, the word it's like always seems like the threat of snow is always Saturday night. I don't understand this. You know, why, why can't it be Monday morning? Right. Like and all the kids said, amen. Like, why is it on weekends? It only snows on weekends. So um, and listen, weather people. Oh, man, those are some brilliant people out there. You know, let me tell you, it must be the life. You can literally forecast anything and nobody holds you accountable. You could be dead wrong. And the next day you still got a job. Hey, send them back out there. They were wrong last week, but let's try it again. Right. I mean, I've tried. I don't know how many different weather apps. Any of you, you know, this one's not working. Let me try another one. And then I, and what I will do on my phone is I will have multiple weather apps. Any of you do this and then you compare. OK, let's see. Well, this one says this and this one. So I'll sort of like get like you know, an amalgamation of them and see, OK, where is this averaging out to? So the temperature will be somewhere between here and here and it will snow or rain or, or be sunny somewhere between here and here. I've tried weather bug, Doppler radar, you know, you've got the uh, uh, weather underground for some of you who like to do the local weather underground stuff. Um, you know, my wife and I have actually had the same app open at the same time for the same place. We're showing us two different things. Like, how is this possible? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I will tell you that if you're in town, I got this from Joy Towner's weather page. If you're on Facebook, you can follow this guy. It's not forecast. But he does like storm tracking and it's really good information. Anybody else follow him? Any couple of you follow him? All right, just two. So you're welcome. You learned something today. Towner's weather page on social media, on Facebook. He's just does great insight into storms and things. And it's really like fascinating what he does. He doesn't do like daily weather reports. He's got like a real job. This is like a hobby for him. But it's really, really cool stuff. Um, but we live in the information age, right? 
There's no shortage of information coming at us that we could listen to. I actually checked, and on the App Store, there are over 9,000 apps that have the name Weather in the title. 9,000 applications with Weather in the title. How do you process that? How do you know which one to trust? I mean, are any of you, like, hobby meteorologists? I don't know, maybe some of you are, like, you know... You're really into anybody have a barometer on your on your watch right? and know what it actually means. My dad has one. It's like the barometer's up. I'm like, thank you. What does that mean? I have no idea. You know, it's down now. OK, that's even more different. I still don't know what it means. Um, see, with the abundance of options, we've got all this information coming at us. Weather, weather. You can turn on. No, watch our weather report. No, watch our up to the minute, up to the up to the second. Hey, we've got the highest, best technology. You know, how do you know who to listen to? The need is great for us to have discernment. Right. We need we need more than ever because we live in the information age more than ever. We need discernment. We need to be able to to wade through all of the noise coming at us and to identify the validity of what we're hearing. Right. So for you, I'm, you do this already. You know, when you choose what news channel you're going to listen to or what radio station or what podcast, like where you get your news, what you're doing is you're saying, no, I'm going to filter these and I'm going to choose this because I think this is the most trustworthy voice, right? I don't want just opinion. I want this trustworthy source of news. There are so many voices, right? Like, does anybody have a, a website or, or a source of information that is just news? That's not opinion. Does that exist? I don't think so, because I've been looking and I haven't found one of those. Like, I, I go from this and I'm like, no, no, no. Just tell me what happened. Don't tell me what you think about what happened. Just tell me what happened. And even that is hard to find. Right? There's just so many voices. It reminds me of anybody see A Beautiful Mind? Remember the movie? Beautiful? Remember Professor John Nash? I think I've quoted this before. But he struggled with you know, mental illness and he heard multiple voices in his head. And someone once asked him how he kept everything straight when hearing all this noise in his head. And I'll never forget the quote. It was from the movie. He said, it's like a diet of the mind. There are some appetites I choose not to indulge in. It's like, oh, that's deep. But like a diet of the mind, there are some appetites I choose not to indulge in. There are voices we choose not to listen to. Like we, we do that. You do this. You choose not to listen to some people. Some of you choose not to be on social media. You just completely, I'm not doing it. You're the smart ones among us. Right. It's called survival of fittest. You have risen to the top. Congratulations. Pat yourself on the back. Feel good. All right. The rest of us are waiting through this and we now manage it by when somebody comes on, there's a little feature. We know we can block somebody. So we'll be friends with them, but we will no longer hear and receive their information because I don't want to hear what's coming out of their mouth. Right. Am I the only one? I'm sorry. I've not blocked anybody in here. So glad nobody knows. Um, some of you know exactly who I mean when I say there are voices you choose not to listen to. You can think the person right now. You have their name right in front of you. You know exactly who I mean when I say there are some voices you choose not to listen to. Um, it could be in your family. It could be somebody at school. It could be somebody at work. There are people you have chosen not to listen to. And my guess is they've earned that. <laughs> they've earned your decision not to listen to them. See, the shocking truth 
not really, is that there are people who lie. The people that are, you know, fake news is now a, a thing in our, right? But the people that just put out stuff, right? And they, they just make, all, make up, you know, all of these different things. And there are people that just, they don't even have any discerning mind and they just sort of throw anything that they want to out there. So here's the question for you today. We're talking about Jesus at the center. And here's the big question for you today. And it's just, it's four words. It's who has your ear? Who has your ear? And then the follow-up question is very simple. It's two words. It's should they? So who has your ear and should they? In a world competing for your attention. I was trying to find out how much is spent annually on marketing and advertising. It's very hard to find those numbers. They want you to pay to find those numbers. But it's somewhere um, north of, I don't know, six, seven hundred billion dollars a year that is spent on just getting your attention. That's a lot of money, which means there's constant, right? How much of a, if you watch any shows, how much of the show is actually commercials on live TV if you're not doing Netflix, right? And even on Netflix, they're, they're still advertising. They're still selling, right? There's just constant promotion, people trying to get your attention. So here's the coolest thing I can tell you this morning, ready? You get to choose who you listen to. You get to choose. We have a choice. We get to be discerning. We get to say, I will listen to you. I don't want to listen to you. We have permission to do that. In Colossians chapter 2, we're going to pick it up in verse 6. It'll be on the screen, but you can read along if you're there. We read, it says this. It says, now, just as you have accepted Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will go strong in the truth you were taught. and You will overflow with thankfulness. So if you have a relationship with God, continue to develop that. Let that grow. Let that mature. And then in verse eight, it says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding. What's the word? Nonsense. That come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. There's a lot of nonsense in the world. All right. So this week, I just every time you hear it, I just want you to yell out high sounding nonsense. Just like that. It's like it will. They will. They will think twice before saying something again for in Christ. Verse nine for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. When Jesus came, it was everything God was so you are also complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Let's take a moment and pray. Jesus, thank you for your words to us. Help it to make sense. Help us to have discerning ears and be able to understand what is truth and separate it from what's not. In your name we pray. Amen. See, there are lies. And the problem with lies is sometimes they sound really good to our ears. They sound really good to our ears. We hear it and you go, ooh, I like that. I want that to be true. So I will live like it is true because I want that to be true. It's not a, it's not a, not a new story. Go back to the beginning. Eve and Adam, they're in paradise, right? Life is perfect. It can't get any better. There is no slush in the forecast. It's just awesome. Life is good. There's no fighting and the serpent come and promises her even more. And it's a lie. And you know what? In her ear, it sounds so good. So good. 
when I was ordained as a minister, when they said, you know, we're going to charge you with being a pastor. They read this verse, Second Timothy, chapter four, verse two. And it says that I have it over my desk. It says, preach the word of God. It says, be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke and encourage your people with good teaching. And here's what, what just stands out. It says, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching, but rather they will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. There are lies that sound good to our ears. I'm included. There are lies that confront me and I go, oh, that sounds good. I want that. I wish that were true. I want to live like that's true. I like the way that sounds and I consume it. Let me tell you. You can always find somebody to tell you what you want to hear. You will find somebody out there if you look hard enough who will tell you what you want to hear. The enemy is called the father of lies. You know what he wants to do? He wants to ruin you. So he will feed you exactly whatever it is that you're looking for that will take you away from God. So he lies about what your life should look like. He lies to you. So here's a lie. It goes like this. People should be impressed with you. People should like and praise you and pat you on the back. People should envy you and want to be you. That's a lie. People don't need to like you. But it's a lie that creates a craving inside you for acceptance. And you know what? That craving's never met. The only judge that matters is Jesus. And he says, you are worth dying for. So can I tell you, you're accepted. End of story. You're good, just as you are. You don't need to impress anybody else. But then the enemy will try another lie, something like this. It goes, more is better. More is better. So accumulate and accumulate. Work harder, do more, try harder, bigger, faster, shinier, newer. Greed is a bottomless pit. Proverbs tells us the leech has two suckers that cry out, give, give, more, more. They're never satisfied. That sense of greed, that sense of that hunger for more. Guess what? That's a that's a disease. It's not truth, but we believe it and we'll say it sounds good because more looks appealing. And so we chase after it. I'll believe that. I'll believe that more is better. So I will spend longer hours or I will work more or I will try harder or I will sacrifice in the quest for more because the bigger the house, the happier I have to be. The newer the car, the happier I have to be. Listen, I just bought a new car. It's a nice car. It's not new. It's newer. It's new to me. Okay, it's a 2015. It's new. It's pretty new. I think it's pretty good. Three years old. I like it a lot. And you know what's funny? The second I drive it, you know what I notice? Newer ones. I went from a 2004 to a 2015, but they have these things called 2018s and now 2019s, right? You get a new phone and somebody has a bigger one. And I would be more happy if I had the bigger one or the newer one, right? Because this is what happens. More is better. That's what we begin to think and we believe it. God says very simply, I have everything you need. Trust me for it. The enemy feeds us lies all day long. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Let me tell you. Human understanding. 
came up with things like Sharknado and White Castle, the abomination that is Taco Bell. It's not Mexican. That's, that's human thinking. But God says, hey, my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Can I tell you, with all the noise of our world filling our heads, with all the nonsense, how do we filter it out? Matthew tells us in chapter 7, it will be on the screen, says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents, and the rain, it's here now, it's raining. It's actually, I think, raining inside. I can hear it leaking from the roof. I'm not kidding. Um, not my building. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey is, is foolish. The, the, the Greek word there, I'm not going to expound on this. I'm just going to give it to you. The Greek word there is moros. You can extrapolate where you think that word became in our language, okay? But if you hear and don't obey, you're a moros, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. See, in both scenarios, the individual listened. In both scenarios, the words came. The truth came. The difference was what followed, the acting on it. It's Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. It's important that we recognize that and acknowledge that. Dr. Martin Luther King fought for a lot of things that we're still fighting for today. Appreciate and value his example, his leadership. It's important. He said this, Rarely do we find men who willingly engage in hard, solid thinking. There's almost universal quest for easy answers and half-baked solutions Nothing pains some people more than having to think. I hear it, but I don't want to think about it. I don't want to act on it. So we hear it and we do nothing. He was correct in saying that that creates so many problems. We can listen to God all day. You can read the Bible every day. You can listen to Caleb all day long. I hope you don't because they play the same songs over and over again. But you can sit through sermon after sermon. And here's the heartbreaking news for me because I work here. Listen, you can sit through sermon after sermon and it can be completely ineffective in making you any wiser. You can read, you can listen, you can do all this stuff and you can be a moros. God said that inside. Here's the truth. Hearing doesn't end when somebody stops talking. The listening portion ends, but the hearing. That's about a response. You can say, listen, I listen to you. Yes, but did you hear me? Did you actually hear and understand and interact with what I said? The highest form of listening always leads to action, to a response it moves us. If you are not moved by somebody else talking, you have not heard them. You've merely listened. Listening is cheap. I'm telling you, this table can listen to me. You can do tests on it and the sound waves are actually impacting this. But it's not making it any wiser. If my daughter tells me about a boy in school who laughed at an answer she gave, maybe a wrong answer, I should be moved. 
to get that boy's number. And call his parents and give them a righteous lesson on parenting. Maybe not. But I should be moved to affirm that sometimes we get their answers right and sometimes we get the answers wrong. And that no matter what anybody else does, we should keep on answering to the best of our ability. And I should encourage her and be moved to let her know that the next time somebody else answers the question incorrectly and she knows the right answer, to remember how it felt. I should be moved. I shouldn't just go, oh, that's bad. I'm sorry. And move on. I should be moved to respond to what she's telling me. If someone disagrees with me about something and they tell me why, there are so many ways I can hear that. Our world is lousy at this. But the highest form of listening should compel me to at least understand their perspective, to evaluate if there is validity to it, to give them a reasonable response that communicates that I've heard and I've allowed it to penetrate my heart and my mind, that I have acted on what they have said. Even if I disagree, it communicates that our conversation was not for nothing. And the reality is I will most likely grow and become better because I heard. We're just not good at communicating. We're, we're listeners. But we're not hearers. Often I hear from many of you what's going on in your life. I'll stand outside or during the week or something. You'll, you'll call and we'll talk about what's going on. And I want to hear. And when I hear, I want you to know that I'm listening. And I'm not just listening, but I'm hearing. And, and if you express you're going through a tough time, you've probably heard me say something along the lines of, so how can I help? Or what do you need? And it's, it's not just a line. But I genuinely want to let you know I heard you. And you maybe just say, you know, all I need right now is prayer. Okay. Maybe you say, you know, I really need help during the week. Could you come out and help me with this thing? Sure, whatever. It may be more. But if I just listen and don't act. If you just said, hey, I'm going through this really tough time and go, sorry. Okay, next. Right. Do you feel hurt? No, because I didn't. I listened, but I didn't hear. So the question again Who has your ear? And not in a listening way, because you can't avoid some things that you are exposed to. But who are you hearing? That's the question. Who are you hearing? And it's really easily identified. Very simple. Because actually you you, you may not be hearing who you think you're hearing. We hear whoever moves us to act. That's who we're hearing. The people that actually move us, those are the people that we're hearing. Who gets you off the couch? Who makes you change? See, God, God speaks. He, he loves us so much that he speaks to us in a variety of ways. He doesn't just speak in one way and be like, if you didn't get it, you know, stinks to be you. He, he doesn't do that. He says, I will speak in a variety of ways. God speaks through his word through here. This is God's word to you. Written word. God also speaks through time, conversation with him through prayer. The time that we spend talking to God, actually conversation. God speaks through our circumstances. There are things that happen to us and things that go about today. God speaks and God will speak through others. There are, t- there are plenty of you in here who have spoken to me and I go, it's not you, it's God. I mean, it's you, but God's using you to speak to me. Happens constantly. I'm going to explore those just for a minute. When you read the Bible each day, our X Factor this, this, this month is, is soap. If you don't know what an X Factor is, it's just something we've kind of said is an opportunity for you to help you grow in your 
in, in helping Jesus be the center of your life? How do we actually practically do that? Just something you can do like daily, something you could do. So SOAP isn't just actually physical SOAP, a bar of SOAP where you wash. No, SOAP is an acronym, S-O-A-P. It's talking about how we spend time with God every day. So that when I go and look at the word, I don't read it and listen to it and go, okay, that's good. And walk away because I didn't actually hear it. SOAP helps you hear the word. Very simple S scripture, you write down the scripture. O, observation. What do you notice about that? You journal it. Observation. I'm going to write it down. Application. What do I notice? What, is it, what am I going to do about that today? What's one simple, small thing I can do today? I'm going to write it down. Then P, prayer. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to write down my prayer. Here's what it is. That helps you just not just read it and walk away, but hear it and interact with it. So when you read the Bible every day, how you come to this matters. Let me, let me just encourage you. Listen for God to speak to you. When you go to this, expectation matters. You can come to this and be like, all right, got to check the box. Got to read again today. Hey, I did. It. I, I, dude, I'm doing it on the app. If you're doing it on the app, on, on the Bible app, you got, listen, I got my streak going 75 days. I've been reading 75 days in a row. And you feel good about yourself, but you're not actually any smarter. You're a moros because you're not actually integrating with this. You're just reading it and checking boxes. I'm convinced that each day I read, God has something in those words that I need to hear for that day. I'm convinced that every time you read, God has something he wants to communicate to you for that day. It's not just an exercise. God is speaking. And we're more likely to hear what we're listening for. It's amazing how often I hear it when I'm listening it's also conversely amazing how rarely I hear God when I'm just in a hurry and I'm just reading to check off a box. Practically, read it as if God has actually got something new to tell you from those old words. And when you perceive it, then evaluate what you're hearing. What is this showing me about God? What is this showing me about me? And what is God saying about me? Put your finger on it. What does this mean to me? And then you have a choice. Once you identify what God has said in his word to you, okay, here it is. You still have to accept it or reject it. This is what I feel like God's saying, but then what? Am I going to do something about this? With a clear mind, make your decision. Respond to what you hear. What can you do today about that? Second, when you pray, see, God speaks through prayer. He speaks through his word, but he speaks through prayer. Make time to listen. I'm feeling it today, man. I'm going to just go for it. Why not? Whatever. I'm in trouble anyway. So some of us are better at talking than we are at listening. And it's no different <laughs> when it comes to God. Right? You could talk the ears off an elephant. Right? There are some of you in here, some of, and I know because some of your friends and your family are nodding at me right now. Um, perhaps there's one thing you can do this week, and that's very, very, very simply just zip your lip. <laughs> um, give God a chance to speak. Some of us just talk far too much. We go to prayer and we just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and try and fill up the time and think because I don't like awkward silences and I don't know what to do here and I'm uncomfortable, so I'm just going to talk. I tell you, I believe that in prayer, God speaks things that you need to hear that day that are unique for you. God still speaks and when he does, I don't want to miss it. If God has something to say, the reality is I need to hear it. I want my ears wide open his way all day long. And again, when he does speak, I have a choice to act or not. I got a little thing is when God prompts you in prayer. Right? Don't just leave it there. It rhymes you know, like that. When God prompts you in prayer, don't leave it there. Do something with it. 
if I'm reading and I feel like God's saying something to me, I can't just put it. I got to journal it. If I'm praying and I feel like God's saying something to me, I want to write it down. I want to do something about it. Don't just leave it there. There are times when God speaks through our circumstances. We've got this phrase that our church goes like this. It just so happens. You've heard me talk about it and I'm going to keep talking about it. It just so happened that Pastor Kevin early on was asking God for a sign about what job to take. It's like, God, I'm, I want to be, I want to work in Robbinsville. I want to, I want to do something here, you know, because we couldn't afford to pay him. And I said, you know, I, I felt like we needed to be here praying for a sign. I think it was Lisa. Lisa's like, hey, there's a sign. Like, no, really, like a big sign, like a billboard. <laughs> it was right outside of Timothy's and it said bus drivers wanted. And Kev just happened to be a bus driver. And it just so happened to open up a door for him to get in a job. Right? What was the chance? He was praying for a sign and a billboard showed up. It was like just put up. When we started this church, we thought the senior center, even here at the SDA, would be great locations for our church. And neither of them were available to us at the time. But it just so happened that our real estate agent, who we were trying to find a house, just so happened to know the vice principal at the school and gave her our, our number and we connected. And it just so happened to open us up at the Sharon School. I was like, oh, this is great. And it just so happened that when our church had to leave the Sharon School because they were doing construction, that the senior center said, you know what? OK, we're ready for you to come now. I was like, Oh, cool. God worked that out. Look at that. I was stressing and it worked out. And it just so happened that when we were outgrowing the senior center, and didn't know where to go. It opened up here almost like God had a plan. It's almost like it worked out, like the circumstances kind of showed us what God was doing. And it just so happened that we named this church Life Tree community church because of uh, of Psalm 1, that we, we'd be a tree of life for our community. And after we moved, you know, that sculpture that's out by Rite Aid, the kind of weird metal thing that everybody doesn't know what it is. Well, that's called the tree of life. And that was here donated like the, right about the same time that God put Robbinsville on my heart. It just so happened. Right. And it just so happened that in 2017, a financial gift came to us and uh, a large gift and our board got together and said, OK, so we need to tithe off of this. And we had a certain dollar amount. And it just so happened that a few weeks later, I get a phone call from somebody who said, hey, I don't know if you're interested, but, you know, there's a church down here in Guadalajara that could could use, you know, some some money to help buy land. I said, well, how much is it? And it was to the dollar. And it wasn't a round number. It was a random number to the dollar. Just so happened. Now, I could go on all day. I told you this. I mean, I got, I got, I got, literally, I've got hundreds of these stories. I could sit here and tell you all day. Now, you could say those were just chance, and you might be right. But I believe that God speaks through our circumstances. And when He wants to communicate it to us, it's, I use the word, it's not okay, kids. Don't say it. But I say it's stupid. It's so, it's so God that it's stupid. Come on. Really? Really? A sculpture called the tree of life? It's almost like God telling me, like, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, you know, like you need a sign. And like, I, it didn't need to be a, a billboard, but just for Kevin, it was a billboard, you know. If you're facing decisions today or wondering what God has for you, let me just tell you, here's what you need to do. Just go about your life. Do what you know to do. And as you are, look and listen for God. Because he will work in your circumstances. He'll show up in your home. He'll show up on your commute. He'll show up in the classroom, in the hallways, in your workplace. He'll show up in ShopRite. It might be a burning bush. Or it might be something that seems ordinary to you. Ordinary to everybody else but you. You go, you know, I don't understand, but I think this is God. 
when something happens that seems to get your attention, pay attention. God is constantly revealing Himself to us. And when He does, don't just walk by. Act on it. And there are times that God speaks through others. Has anyone ever said something to you and prefaced it with, now, I don't want to tell you what to do. How well do you receive that? <laughs> ah, okay, you just shouldn't lead with that. Okay, like you've got to be more slick with me. Um, right, I don't handle it well when people correct or challenge me. Proverbs tells us, though, that wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. There are times in your life when God will speak to you through the people around you. One of the reasons we put such a priority on being in a branches group, and being in small groups here. There's just something to exposing ourselves to other people who actually do love us and want what's best for us and believe the best in us. As, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Like, I need you to sharpen me. I just don't want you to. So I appreciate and respect the fact that you're trying to help me, but just don't. Because I just, my pride and ego can't handle it. See, God prompts people to speak things to me, but sometimes I'm too prideful to hear it. And it's okay because the only thing it costs me is hearing from God. Because God will speak to me through other people. Because they have perspectives that I don't have. And they have understandings of God that I don't have and experiences that I don't have. Some people say, listen, I'm, I'm going to listen to God, but people, they don't have any right to tell me what to do. I don't trust people. I don't trust people, but I do trust that God to speak through people. It's not about the person. It's about the God that uses others to speak through me. And it's, again, it's, it's not new. God has this thing. It's called prophetic giftings. And he gives it to people like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Daniel and Anna and John throughout Scripture to speak to the people around them. God speaks to people for those around them. He says, listen, I'm going to use you to speak to somebody else. And it could be, could be a word of wisdom like, hey, I just want to let you know, here's some divine advice that God kind of put in my heart. And maybe this is going to save you from some pain. Or here's or, or, or divine knowledge. I'm going to give you something. You know, God just told me something. I don't know if this makes any sense to you at all, but I just want to let you know, God said to me, go for it. Does that make any sense to you? Right. Or the gift of encouragement. Some of you have this gift and I've experienced it and I've told you you have it because you'll send me an email. and I'll go, boom, that was an encouraging gift. I got one from Linda this week. It was an incredibly encouraging. And it wasn't just a nice email. No, it was God speaking to me through her. That's how God works. He still speaks to us through others. I'll call up Nikki. We're going to close in just a moment. And this one's tough through other people because more than any other form of communication, that one requires discernment because there are people that want to come talk to us and they're not from God. And the reality is there's probably more of those people than people actually from God. And so what happens is we get gun shy, right? Somebody will come to us and say, I feel like I got something to say to you. And you go, uh-uh. Last person that said something to me, it was lousy. It hurt. I don't like it. I don't trust anybody. I'm not listening to anybody. Don't make the mistake of rejecting what God wants to say just because somebody else inserted themselves where they had no business being. Evaluate what's being said. Use your mind. Say, God, help me to understand, is this from you? God will help you know if what someone else said was him or just them sticking their nose where it don't belong. In a world filled with noise, God is speaking to us every day. And it's exactly what we need to hear. 
We get to choose if we're going to listen. I want to encourage you. God's speaking to you right now. God is speaking to you today. God will speak to you tomorrow. God will speak to you tonight. God will speak to you in pain. He will speak to you in, in joy. He will speak to you in times of plenty when you have nothing. God will speak to you when life's going good and when it's going not so good. God's always speaking. He doesn't just speak in one way because He wants you to get it. So sometimes God will speak in several ways. You'll be reading something go, huh, that's interesting. And then you have a conversation and they'll say something else. You go, huh, that's kind of what I was reading about. And then a circumstance will reinforce it and you go, wow. And then somebody will say, hey, you know, I think this is what God wants. Or maybe you're in prayer and God just puts a word and you go, okay, I know. I'm getting it, God. If you will listen to God and give him your ear. But not just listen, but act on what he says. Scripture tells us what's going to happen. Then your roots will grow down into Him. And your lives will be built on Him. And your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. And God will call you wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. And though the rain will come in torrents, because it's going to come, and the floodwaters will rise, and winds will beat against your house because that's life. You won't be shaken because you are built on bedrock. That's what happens when Jesus is at the center of our attention. So the question again, who has your ear? Who has your ear? I'm going to close. Closing this morning, I'm just going to invite you just to bow your heads in prayer. Maybe God wants to say something to you right now. Give him a chance. Again, he may, he may not. But this is one way God speaks through prayer. So we're just going to pray. And then Nikki's going to play just for a few minutes. Just going to give you an opportunity just to listen and say, God, is there anything you want to say? Help me to hear you. Heavenly Father, I thank you today that you love us. Lord, we believe that you are not just a God of the past, but you're a God of today. You're alive. You are here. Your spirit is here Lord, all over this world, speaking to everyone, no matter how young, how old, no matter who we are, what we have, Lord, you speak. You don't speak because we deserve it. You speak because you love us. So you don't only speak to the holy. You speak to the sinner and the saint alike. So God, today, we invite you. Speak. Give us ears to hear you right now. Lord, I pray that every person in this room somehow, some way, would hear something that just seems like you. Maybe it's a picture, or maybe it's a, a word or a verse or a story, just a phrase, whatever it is. God, would you just let us know what it is that we need to know today? Would we hear from you? And Lord, as we go throughout this day and through this week to come, would we keep our ears open to you? Would we, would we try each day to just tune our ears to your heavenly frequency? Would we silence the voices around us? Say, God, we just want to hear from you. You're our center. If we're not here, Lord, if you don't have our ear, the truth is somebody else does. And nobody else is worthy of having that much power in our life. No one but you. 
So in these next few moments, God, we just invite you. Thanks for listening to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. For more information about our church, visit us at wearelifetree.com or on Facebook and Instagram at wearelifetree.com.